Welcome to this week's edition of Agro-Africa. This is a program that talks about agriculture and its development in Africa. We're coming to you from Channel Africa, the African perspective in Johannesburg, South Africa. You're with me in Sydney, Kaduna Piri, and stay tuned. In the program this week, as South Africa commemorates the Soweto Uprising of 1976, is it not time to reflect on how South Africa and the continent has transformed? What did the events of June 16, 1976 in South Africa do to a country which was divided by racial tensions that culminated into a national crisis? This is a crisis that many regarded as a wake-up call to the then apartheid government. While the enemy could be identified then as one, today's challenges, let alone enemy, is varied. From youth unemployment to teenage pregnancies, South Africa, like any other country in the continent, has faced many challenges. The events of June 16, 1976 in South Africa, where young people openly challenged the government of the day, over the imposition of Afrikaans language as a language of instructions in all schools in the country has now effected a new paradigm change. Come with me as I engage two young South African farmers. Uh, my name is Karabo Rampete. I'm a farmer from Rustenburg Northwest. I started farming 2018 um, after I resigned um, at the higher education, um, you know, institution in Pretoria. So then uh, I served for eight years that side and I came to the farm, you know, when the calling, you know, got to me. Um, I started with a bunch of just, you know, a small patch of land. And then that could produce maybe 60 bunches of spinach. And then, yeah, you know, when I started... Everything went well, took my first bunch to my nearest bar, the local spa here. And then, you know, they accepted my product and the rest was history. My name is Sosi and I am from Tabanchu. It's a small town outside Bloomington here in the Free State. And what I do is that I am an agricultural economist. So... Um, I studied it through the University of the Free State. I I started with my undergrad honors till I did my master's. And what I do is that I work with black farmers in the entire Free State. What I do is I mentor them. I do their finances. I do their production plans and help them plant whatever it is that they the crop that they'd like to plant and also even with the livestock farmers so 
I'm what you call an agricultural professional, um, but I do not work with the government or for the government. This industry of ours is very white male Africans dominated. So you come here as a young black woman, uh, fresh from varsity, and you, you are out there trying to make a name for yourself out in the industry. And um, as, as, as it's known in South Africa, um, the average age of, an, of a farmer in South Africa is about 66 years old. So you would come with whatever knowledge that you, you've acquired at school and you try tell somebody who's a farmer who's been farming for longer than you've been alive to say um i was thinking we must do this and this at, at your farm i was thinking we must try new ways and it, it becomes very difficult to say but you know nothing i've been doing this for years it's been working for me for years but you do find the the chosen few that are open to new ideas and innovative ideas and that would somehow listen to you and try out whatever it is that you're advising to do. At the end of the season, when you sit down and reconcile everything that happened, they'd be like, yeah, had it not been for you, I wouldn't have maybe made this much profit. So it's it's very hard getting respect as, as compared to our male counterparts but, uh, in the industry. Now, uh, Karabo, you hear what Sosi is saying. Yes, in terms yes. of the challenges that you know um, she faces, mm-hmm. now you are the person that you know comes in and then say, oh, "Yes, I hear, Sosi." Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what type of you know arrangement you know do you have to such a person who is coming up with challenges and complaints and you know uh, mm-hmm. there are lots of them in them you know. So mm-hmm. how do you come in? Um, okay, I think the other part that I didn't introduce myself as uh, I represent um, a farmer organization, AFASA, which is the African Farmers Association of South Africa. So we are a farmer organization, mainly, you know, our objective or mission is to see a black farmer, like the new, the new entrants or the ones that have been on the mainstream, you know, um, 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 space of agriculture, you know, to, to just move to, to a level of commercialized, to be a commercial farmer. So, you know, there's a lot of barriers, obviously, in all of that. You know, a, a journey of uh, an African, uh, you know, farmer, it's a, it's a totally different journey compared to our white counterparts. So I agree with Sosi. You know, the environment is very volatile. And, you know, with AFASA, our main, we act as a lobby group. So we encourage that farmers must be, you know, um, must be organized, you know, because now if we, you know, the culture of an African farmer is to operate in silo, you know, when they go and request, let's say, funding or some sort of support, you know, now with, you know, the state of our economy, the government cannot fund individuals, you know, it's so difficult. So they're encouraging that everything should be done in a collective so that when there's an issue or maybe something that affects a farmer, then the voice won't be of that of one, but it will be of many. And then it will be easier for us to even influence, you know, the, 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 the outcome of things or the change in, in whatever that we want to see. 
So that's why that's why the FASA can assist, you know, and we're trying to transform the market as well, the environment, for, to, to be suitable for, to a black farmer. So, yeah, so the job, it's, you know, it's, we still have a long way to go, but I, I believe that, you know, we, 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 get, we, we will get there. We are talking here about a young woman, a young woman farmer, and already is disadvantaged being a you know a, a, a woman, and now is coming in an uh, arena which is very male dominated. Um, in terms of trying to, you've said something about collectiveness, yeah. and um, you bring these people together. Mm. Saucy here is coming from college. It's coming from university. Yeah. Um, inst- I mean, uh, to make it not you know not to make it elitist. Uh, going towards, you know, being elitist. How are you trying to incorporate those that do not have that type, type of education like the sources of this world? Yes, yes. That's where the development part comes in, as you know, um, for AFASA as well, we facilitate that. You know, um, for example, for the new uh, graduates, we, you know, there's a huge challenge currently in the country where we're sitting with unemployed graduates, especially in the agricultural sector, because it's not easy. And I don't know, it is easy if everything, you know, the way things are supposed to be are implemented and everything is just done according to the book and we fix the plans. I think we shouldn't be in this crisis, you know, um, of, you know, intake of the students and stuff like that. But there's development programs and also networking. You know, one of the advantages of AFASA is that, you know, once you are a student and you are sitting at home, you know, you join the group. That's where all the opportunities are, where we advertise opportunities. We assist our young farmers. You know, if, let's say, there's a vacancy in one of the farms of the young farmers, we do the intakes. And also there's a lot of development programs that... Uh, currently are supported by the French embassy, if I can mention them, you know, and uh, Gibbs. So what they're doing is each and every semester, they're taking 10 students, like 10 farmers or aspiring farmers into their program. They are taught leadership, you know, uh, uh, um, leadership courses, personal development, stakeholder relations, so a lot of things. So we're now trying to say, you know, instead of sitting at home, and being frustrated by the system, you know, develop yourself. And then in that space, you will get that opportunity to even stand on your own and push your vision. So that's what we are encouraging our farmers to be. And, you know, um, our young aspiring farmers to say, come and join us. And if we are all together, we're doing the same thing. Eventually, you know what, the system will be on our side and we will be able to change the status quo. Listening to Agro Africa on Channel Africa, the African perspective coming to you from Johannesburg, South Africa. In the program this week, we continue looking at youth ambassadors for June 16th in South Africa. How do the events of the June 16th, 1976 in South Africa propel young people to look at life in an entrepreneurial mindset? In this episode, we are chatting to two young South African farmers. We hear how they got involved in agriculture. 
Looking at uh, Sosa, I'm coming to you as uh, an educated farmer. Coming from the past that had uh, male, white, dominated, you know, industry. How, as you are saying, it's a calling. How do you separate yourself from one person that does not have the type of education and, uh, you know, doesn't have, you know, the type of calling? What is it that you can say to that uh, young person that is sitting somewhere, you know, in the Karu? Um, You know what? There is something that even our government is now has now realized. That's why there there's such an emphasis now on on land expropriation because they have noticed that without food producers, without farmers, then we are not going anywhere. If you like, if you take a daily routine in the morning when you wake up, there's something that you must eat, and that thing was produced by a farmer. So. Now, it, you don't even necessarily have to go to school. It goes with passion, dedication, and one needs to know that farming takes a lot of patience. It's it's not a get-quick-rich scheme. It's not, it's not a one-day thing that tomorrow you have money. Definitely. You find that you, you need patience to say, I'm going to invest all of this money into this project that I believe in, and you'd only see your returns at the end of six months or a full year if you in into um, livestock. So um, whether you educated or not, if you are looking into this future sustainability of the country, we look at we look at our population that's forever increasing despite the coronavirus that's taking our people right now. These people need to eat. We need to feed the world. We need to feed the country. So as long as you have patience, time, and dedication, school is just a added bonus. But whatever it is that we might have learned at school is readily available by the click of a button on your phone. So at least people I have now Google to say, okay, I heard this and this. Can I verify it? Let me now make some research for myself to say, okay, what what would guide me? Where to from here? I'm going to put the spinach seed on the ground. What's going to happen to it? How long? So you you don't actually actually uh, at the end need school, but you do need patience for for the industry that we in. Patience, patience, patience. Now I'm coming to you, Karabo. Having listened to what Sosi is, I mean, saying it's not a get-rich scheme. Yeah. Uh, you have to be patient. Now, for somebody who's been patient and has had, you know, the type of uh, uh, produce that he, I mean, they have. Yeah. Now, you as a farmer, how have you prepared your uh, your farmers? to the changing uh, times of today where Africa is going into the African free trade area where you have to talk about codex, you know, which are standards into the type of, you know, produce that you have. How have you prepared these farmers? Um, what we do is we, we um, actually capacitate them via, you know, special programs. For example, there's a... Um, but the, the one that I received it yesterday, it's a new program where they'll be assisting farmers to uh, actually um, get the certification, the GAP certification. 
So I forgot the actual, uh, you know... Um, We're yes. talking here about standards, so that at the end of the day, you know, your produce is marketable, yes. your produce, you know, is internationally recognized, so you have to, to enter into standards. So yes. as an association, how do you prepare? How do you join in in this certification, as you are saying, uh, yes. of the type of produce, you know, your farmers are, are having? Obviously, how it works. Currently, um, you know, as farmers, um, we, we said that we are not actually, as an organization, the vision is to get them to standards, obviously, that are, you know, of that, of the, the, the woolies and everything like that. And farmers have challenges, right? Before you can even get to qualify to be in a specific program, you know, those challenges, the infrastructure uh, challenge that our farmers are actually facing, you know, we need to be first, you know, dealing with those challenges for us to be able to say, okay, fine, there's this specific program that will be, you know, dealing with the GAP certification, which is the global standard certification for farmers to be able to trade, you know, um, um, and, and uh, export their product. So we, we are saying as a FASA, Let's first address the challenges, the main challenges of a black farmer, which is infrastructure. Because if, for example, I can come with my money and, in, and say, no, I need a tractor to be able to plow this, this land. You know, that tractor is going to take all my money. I won't be able to have money for seed. So it becomes a challenge. So we need to get stakeholders on board, yes, to say we have our farmers, a group of farmers that have these equipment or this infrastructure, the only thing that they, they, that they need is to be maybe offtake agreements. And those offtake agreements will now come with their quality standards. And then they will assist the farmer without a lot of, you know, uh, let's say, burden from also the investor to say, no, I can invest with this person because this person is ready, you know. So now that's, how, that's the approach that we are taking to say, let's develop a black farmer and assist them with the challenges. And then we also now empower them with the knowledge. So that's where we have our, you know, our um, partnerships with kids and other institutions that we're working with to be able to now come in and other, you know, stakeholders to be able to now come with the knowledge and the necessary things that a farmer will need to be able to compete. Let's get personal here. Karabo works with Afasa as well as being a farmer. Yeah. Tell us where your passion is really at. Is it uh, grain? Is it uh, cattle? Yeah. Breeders? What is what is it that you are you know you are doing as a farmer? I'm a food producer. I'm a, I'm vegetable. It's my game. But I started with spinach, and um, you know indigenous uh, food is my passion. You know, that's me. I, I want to, my, my, my ultimate dream is to see, you know, Africans, you know, back to eating their traditional food that our grandmothers, our great-grandmothers used to eat. And, you know, because now you can see the difference in the food that we are consuming today and the food that our great-grandparents were eating. It's totally different, you know. So you ask yourself, why is that? Now people are dying quicker. Our, our great-grand, they lived, and we are getting sick. We are getting cancers. Why is that? 
So that's where my passion started to say that I want to produce good, clean food, you know, that is free from chemicals, you know, it's not easy as to balance, you know, but my dream is to just eat, I let educate people about the benefit of, of, you know, clean, good food, eating good, because what you eat is what you, what you come, what comes out at the end of the day. So uh, that's me. Now, uh, when you talk about that in particular, what type of uh, uh, pro- um, what type of uh, produce is is this that at the end of the day, maybe everybody else listening to you would say yes. that I want to do it specifically. Please share with us. Yes, I'm doing spinach. I'm doing um, kovo. I'm doing uh, what uh, I don't know what amaretto. It's tepe. Uh, I'm doing elroto. So it's all these traditional uh, morojos that I'm doing. And also now I'm venturing into herbs uh, because I just partnered with a lady that does essential oils. So I'll be producing the, the, the herbs and then she'll be extracting from that. So that's another you know, extension to the venture. But currently that's what I'm doing. I only deal with morojos. And then, yes, I do have some oranges you know, orange trees and other other fruits around the farm. So what happens is, you know, every when they are ready, I always package and sell them to, to my, you know, my suppliers. So, um, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Now, um, while the rest of the, con- uh, the, rest of the country yeah. might be now worried about land, yeah. how were you so lucky to get that land and how big is it? Okay, uh, I think I was fortunate enough. It's a, it's a family farm. Uh, my my parents' yes, farm, so that's where I'm, I'm doing everything. So um, I'm one of those, I don't know, if, it's not luck, but I guess my dad knew where to, which buttons to press mm. and what, you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, Sosi, you said okay. yours was a calling. And uh, as a you, uh, youth ambassador of 20 i mean of uh, june 16 because you are the millennial millennials you know i don't want to you know to you know to guess your age but as young as you are you are a youth ambassador in agriculture tell us it was a calling as you said share with us the story well for me it was actually something different i went into the into the industry, let's call it by mistake, because when I got accepted at school, it was to do medical microbiology. And somehow, I never even attended a single class. I just straightforward went to agriculture. I changed during registration, and that was it. But when I got here, I found... okay. Um, the nice part of it was that um, people that I'd meet would be former classmates and stuff because they were privileged enough to say, after after uh, finishing high school, I'm going to study agriculture, then take over the family farm. So um, it was it was like that for me uh, that I'd meet people that I went to high school with and. Uh, but the passion really grew when, when I finished studying to say, okay, they, there's more to agriculture than this. Um, a lot of people just think 
uh, farming is all about you getting dirty every day, all day, being out in the sun. Whereas in the years I've worked, I have never gotten myself um, dirty or gotten done anything physical. There are a lot of things you can do in the ma- in mainstream agriculture that people are not yeah. aware of. What I'm doing, I'm an economist, meaning if you need to if if you need figures to say, okay, if I plant a hectare of spinach, how much am I going to be required to to have at the moment? I will be able to calculate exactly for you that that seed you'd need this much, fertilizer you need this much, chemicals you'd need this much, and let us water and put apply fertilizer on your spinach to get this much harvest. If you sell it at this price, this is exactly how much you're going to get into your pocket at the end of the season. So you've got people like us who would want to do the financial part behind agriculture. You'd have people that that would say, I just want to know about the soil. So we've got your soil scientists, your your experts that to tell you, okay, your soil is a bit acidic. Um, that's why your seeds keep dying in the soil. Uh, apply lime, apply this and that to help your, your soil. We, we've got uh, vets as well, but we've got also animal scientists. There's a difference between the two, but they work together. So it's a big value chain with a lot of compartments of which every single farmer would need either expertise to say, okay, I'm a crop farmer. Um, We've got the army worm like it has uh, been in the past two seasons. What do I do? So I would have to consult with somebody who's an agronomist to say, okay, what chemicals do I use to kill the army worm so that it can stop eating what might be my harvest? So it's so broad and everybody needs everybody because that's why we work together. When a farmer comes to say, I want to do this, we'd first send the soil scientist to go test the soil. We would first check if they've got water. We would first check. So we all work together at the end. That's why our main, um, we, we usually say we're not here to compete, especially with government. Our sole purpose is to serve the farmer, which is our client. So if the government comes with this, we will also bring this to the table. At the end of the day, we need to ensure that this farmer is commercialized. You actually trained, you know, to help a farmer. And uh, I'm so glad that, you know, I had this uh, conversation with you. Uh, But for the future, uh, what are your plans for the continent itself? I think Sosi can go and then I'll say it. Sosi. Yeah. Yeah, that's a difficult one. But with me, in the future, we need to, to, to change what's happening in South Africa. We need to align ourselves with, with the goal that we see, the passion that we have. What I mean by that is that um, we, we are at a point where we see that agriculture is going to bring us lots and lots of opportunities. But if we work in silos, if where I'm working, I'm not willing to help a farmer because they are a government farmer and do not fall under my company. It means that we each working in silos and this farmer will never be commercialized because at the end of the day, they need what I, my expertise, they need government free money so that at the end of the day, they can access all these other markets. Um, I heard Karaba has been talking about global gap and the accreditation process to get your things to be in the right standard and have the legal papers to get 
uh, your produce exported is a hell of a long and lengthy process. But for us, because we've helped a lot of our commercial farmers get it, it's it's a process that's very easy for us. We know the basics. We know people that work there. We know that turnaround time. We know if we start now, when are we going to get our certification? So if if we, we join hands and work together and collaborate and remember our sole purpose, which is to help a farmer, to help a black farmer become commercialized, then at the end, we will achieve our sole purpose to say we're going against government, we're forgetting the inequalities and injustices of the past. We are moving together, holding hands to ensure that black farmers in South Africa succeed. Um, you're putting short. Yes, um, I think, you know, I'll, I'll be happy, you know, I'll be content and just okay when I see a, you know, our African aspiring farmers because now. We are the custodians. Young farmers are the custodians of our future of this agriculture. You know, our parents, our, you know, our, the generation of the food producers now, they are all going, and now we have to take the reins. And we just need to get, you know, all the red tapes to be dealt with because, you know, systems are the ones that block the development and, you know, progress. And it, it, it stops a lot of things. So... The food security is the most important thing. We need to feed the world with this pandemic, you know. So we just need to see our young farmers being supported, you know, and, you know, being being assisted to contribute to the real cause, which is food sec- in maintaining the food security and making sure that, you know, our kids and the, the future, you know, it's protected. So now it's time for us to, you know, join hands, like Sosia said, and and assist assist our black young farmers that you know want to get into a space and that are in the space as well, to 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 do the impact and yeah, be at the end of the day also feed their families and yeah, I think that's the great future that I want to see happening. Right, that's exciting. And then maybe uh, for both of you, as we close. Why should I call you Youth Ambassadors of uh, today? I think we are dealing with, the, you know, the, the most uh, uh, crucial thing. Yeah, we're dealing with food. We're dealing with, you know, what is taking care of God's children. And we, we're doing it. We're assisting. We're developing young people to, you know, really maintain what, what our mandate is here on earth as agriculture, as, as farmers, you know to be able to feed and maintain God's children. So I think as, as you know, Karabo uh, uh, today, I would say, you know what, I'm an ambassador for change and development and for young farmers. As much as farming would start as a, as a passion for a person, we need to put instill this thing in, in, in farmers that farming is not only a passion but also a business. We need our young farmers to start as early as now to treat their farming business, uh, farming enterprises as businesses to ensure that should whatever comes, should maybe there's funding abroad that says we need young farmers from South Africa to be in this program, then they 
they've already got all the necessary legal documents. We need farmers to know the importance of being tax registered. We need farmers to know the importance of having auditors to do their bookkeeping. We need we need farmers that are, are business people. We, we, we are now saying, okay, people are saying, okay, um, entrepreneurship is the way to go. There are no jobs in South Africa. We've got a high unemployment rate. Let farming be the game changer in South Africa. But it needs to start with the farmer realizing that this land that I plow is more than just land. It's a business. It's an income stream. We're building generational wealth for our kids. So I think these would be my closing remarks. There we have it, listener. The events of June 16th, 1976 in South Africa ushered in a want by the youth to be involved in politically motivated incidents that in most cases have ended benefiting them. In Young Ambassadors for June 16th, we chatted to two young people who are currently in agriculture, a career previously dominated by white males. We heard how agriculture is beginning to be regarded as a career. We heard the voices of Karabo Rampeti and Sosimatla.